Today I'm talking to Chris Kwan in Irvine, California with Compass. Chris is famous for his video marketing. It's unique, catchy, and has become famous. And it's growing his business exponentially every year. We talk about how to position your marketing to brand and cultivate your business. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast is to share knowledge for realtors and raise awareness for Give Back Homes, where real estate professionals work together for social good. Jet Centers Aviation, Bentley Atlanta, Legends Global, thank you for your sponsorship. All right, everybody, it's the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And today we have the infamous Chris Kwan from Irvine, California with us. And we are so excited to have you, Chris. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad, glad to be here. So everybody, a lot of you listening to the show already know Chris for his awesome videos, his really creative, savvy, gorgeous marketing. So of course, we're going to hit on that. Um, but Chris, I want to start off and just say, tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you crazy enough to get in this business. So crazy. I don't know if it was crazy, but, um, I think, I think everybody has highs and lows in their life, right? Anybody listening to this podcast, anybody that you know out there has highs and lows. And that's certainly same as me. So I reached a point where I was, I wouldn't say an all time low, but low enough to figure out to be kind of clueless into what I wanted to do. And real estate was one of those things that was a great option for me. My parents are brokers, but they do a little bit different. Um, they do like business opportunity. They're retired now, but they help, uh, they helped people buy and sell businesses. And, uh, but early on, my dad had his residential real estate license. And so I kind of grew up with in a real estate family and, transitioning from my previous career, I didn't know, I didn't have any skill set. Like it just, I mean, I did, but nothing to where I could actually go into a particular career. And real estate was one of those things where I could study and I knew it was lucrative and I could still have my schedule. And there was all these things that were very attractive about it. And I literally got my license. I mean, I got my books next day after I decided that I wanted to go into real estate. And then like several months later, I had my license and I was off and running. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about this previous career. Yeah, so I grew up uh, playing golf. Like that was my thing. I elementary school, high school, middle school. I mean, in college I played and I tried chasing it for five years after college and it was fun. It was great. Um, I was in a very serious relationship throughout that time. And, you know, I I told her, I was like, hey, I got to give it a shot. And I gave it my shot and it it didn't go exactly where I wanted to go. And, or at least it was, it was just stagnant. It was okay. Yeah. But I was never, you know, I was traveling all the time and uh, that was okay when you're dating, but if you want to get serious in, in life and in family and stuff, it doesn't work out very well. Especially. Exactly. So you talked about, so it sounds like you were doing golfing. It was like, Oh, this is okay. We could make this work, but why, why should we let life just be okay? Let's make it great. It, I mean, it was great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, traveling I mean, to yeah. places. And, yeah, I mean, that was great. It was a great lifestyle. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't last forever. It wasn't going to last forever. So awesome. So what so what happened that what was the what was the turning point? Like what was in your mind? Take us back there. What happened that made you go? 
okay, real estate, this is it. it honestly, I didn't even know. Like when I got my license and I, I was like thinking about a hundred different other things that I could do. I mean, it was kind of the plan B that I was coasting on and I was still looking for that plan A. And so real estate wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be doing this for the next 10 or 15 years. It was just, what happened to me. okay, get real right. estate going. It was like a part-time job in my head, to be honest. And then the next and, thing, you know, you just got hooked and started doing deals or had that unfold? It's, I got hooked after I got my first check. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I could be, I could be doing this and I could still have some flexibility. And there was a lot of, a lot of leeway in the career. And I was like, if I could just be doing this on a higher level, I could be making this and I could still have the life that I wanted. And it just made sense from that at that point. That's awesome. So you, so you, the, one of the questions I like to ask is like, what gives you your competitive edge? So I kind of, we all kind of know the answer, but give us your version of that answer. So I, I would say the golf. Answer. And golf and like, I was a very bad kid from what I understand. Like in my head, I was, I thought I was the best kid in the world. But after I talked to my mom, she says I was the, like the worst kid. So she used to get me into programs that develop discipline, respect. She got me into like uh, Taekwondo, which is like karate. And then she got me into the orchestra. So things that would just kind of slow me down a little bit because I was okay, running at a thousand miles per hour. And uh, so golf was one of those things too. It was just uh, it was a very respectful game. There were certain rules about it, certain etiquette. And as I started growing up, I started incorporating that obviously into my daily life. And as you start to ingrain that schedule, that regimen, um, it just becomes natural. And so transitioning over to transitioning over to like an actual career, a business career, I had a lot of those things in place. So I, when I got into the business, I worked under a mentor and a guy was in the business for 20, 25 years doing all sorts of stuff. And he was like, look, you need to have this in the morning. You need to do, this is what your daily schedule looks like. You need to do this. You need to prospect. And so it was like the Forrest Gump, like, okay, just go over there to the end zone, just do that. And it was easy for me. And so awesome. once I started to just do all that stuff without thinking twice about it, everything kind of just clicked and happened. And so, so I to sum it up, it, it sounds like what gave you competitive edge is first of all, what you got out of golf among other things but you mentioned golf several times, is really honing in, getting your focus from, from the golf game. But also focus, well, I say focus. You didn't use that word, but that's what I heard. But I got that out of it. But focus, respect. I find it interesting you say that because I think respect is the core and basis of every healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And I love that you bring up that word. And we all know the real estate business is a relationship business and you by establishing a sport that is also based on respect and the rules and the etiquette you really already kind of naturally honed in on that and then the third thing was habits or schedule you said schedule and regimen and that just brings out to doing the same thing over and over will have a compound effect of the results that you that you gain in right. that being said your habits or your schedule. I love how you said, well, he said do this and this and this, and that's probably changed over time. Give us what are, because I think there are a lot of people in this business and they just kind of sit around and watch TV and wait for the phone to ring, or they might do a few things, but it's inconsistent. So of course it doesn't take traction. What do you do every day that is kind of your 20% that makes your 80% or probably your 10% of activity that makes your 99% of production? 
Well, I, I try to I try to do what I preach. Um, so let's say I'm working with a buyer um, and I'm trying to narrow down exactly what they're looking for. They've got a hundred different things on their list. Mm-hmm. I try to narrow down that list as much as possible. And I say, these are the things, these are the most things that are important to you. Um, and we figure that out. And so I kind of do that with my own business and figure out, okay, what are the money money generating revenue things that I could do every single day that I know if I do these every day, it's, I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to be fine in like a month or two or three months from now. So I know that I'm, I have to make my calls and I'm not, I would say I'm not that person who wakes up at like six o'clock and then at eight o'clock I'm on the phones from like eight to 10 and then from 10 to 11, I'm doing this. I don't have that. Like life is just doesn't work like that for me. So I've got to work around my kid's schedule, I've got to work on my schedule and then figure out how I can plug a lot of those things in from, from there and make it work. Um, and so this year, one of my goals is to just really maximize opportunities that I have, even if they're just one opportunity. And so, you know, if I have one listing, let's say I've only have one listing in my entire inventory, what are the thousand things that I can do in order to maximize that potential in order to give me more opportunities? And so, that's what I'm focusing on, a little bit more quality as over quantity um, for at least this year. I love how you said that because um, when you say that, you know, I think there's Fabian Fredrickson is a fam- she's a well-known business coach and she's helped my business a lot. But she talks about or a lot, you know, success, the biggest opportunities. Everybody's looking out here to do these crazy different wild things for opportunity but success is usually like right here like it's usually right in front of you like that one it might just be one listing but unless you harness that listing and find the thousand opportunities in it because that listing's there for you to deliver and give you opportunity versus trying to go out and find like the five million dollar listing or the 20 not that we don't not that we don't also generate those but the listing that you want if you harness and deliver the listing that you have the way you're going to deliver on that listing of your future. That's how you bring it to you. I mean, would you say oh, that's yeah. been accurate in your career? Absolutely. I, there was a um, there was a deal I did last year. Last year uh, in 2008, I was running full pace um, in, in not just in business but everything. I was always kind of two steps ahead, which I thought was a good thing. And I remember doing this one deal with this agent, um, very nice agent, um, buyer's agent, and he was so meticulous. I mean, he was in, I don't know if he was in your age or not, but he was just very meticulous in everything that he did in his communication. And um, I remember looking at that just kind of at a standstill going, wow, that's important. Like, why am I so far ahead from where I need to be and not staying present? And that's something that you learn when you're playing golf too, is when you're actually too far ahead in your game, and you're not thinking about what's going on in front of you, you actually lose sight of, of what's happening. So uh, that was that was a nice that was a nice refresher last year. That's aw- that's an awesome perspective that you said. And I want I'm gonna I want to pull some more examples out of you, but and I'll elaborate for all of us to elaborate on our own experiences as we listen to this. I've said this in a recent interview, but I remember riding horses. I used to be a horseback rider and trained and all of that good stuff. The way you were a golfer, and I can remember that my best rides were when I was ju- especially jumpers, where you want to be the fastest, but you have to be precise and accurate. But when you don't focus on even winning, you just focus on the right now and being the best and the details of now. And that's when you pick, that's when you look up and everybody's like in awe, but, but you're like, oh, I was just, I was just doing my thing. I was just doing a good job. 
back to what you said. So what are some other, I would love if you've got any stories or examples. I mean, that's already a great one of where you've taken kind of some key principles and concepts of what you applied to your golf game and transition them into your residential real estate game. Yeah. I mean, so, um, you know, after every single round, you're analyzing kind of what happened. Like when I played golf, it was like, what did I do that day that, that made me either successful or was the reason why I didn't have that great of a day. And a lot of times what I figured out was, you know, sometimes when you're playing well, you get into the zone and whatever that zone is, uh, everybody has a different, I guess, definition of that. But if, if I were to define it, it was just making everything super simple. Like there was no thought. It was just, you know, you were just kind of on autopilot. Um, you weren't thinking about a thousand things like your mind was just at ease. And so in business, you know, I have had people like mentors and people tell me things. And, uh, there was one last year. I remember when I was doing my goals for 2018, I was thinking about what can I add to my business to, to get me more revenue, more clients, more branding, more, more, more. And he said, why don't instead of, instead of having more, why don't you start to cut out? And he said, it didn't make sense to me at first. Like, cut out what? Like, I want to add. I want to go in this direction. And he was like, no. You're not think like, yeah. Yeah, you need to cut out negativity. You need to cut out the wrong people in your life. You need to cut out things that are just sucking up your time. And that was great. That stuck with me all year. And st- I mean, I'm telling you this, I mean, a year from now, from when I actually heard that. And so right. just simplifying everything um, and just making it super simple and just stretching out your 24 hours or the 15 hours that you're actually awake and trying to make it, you know, 30 hours or whatever, just slowing everything down. Well, when you can cut things out, it's amazing, including negativity and bad people and other things. It's amazing the productivity. It, it goes back to focusing on your, you know, your what's the 10% that generates... 80% spent and, and get 80, a hundred percent of your time working focused on things like back to what you said that generate activity, including cutting out negativity, cutting out negative people, cutting out people that aren't aligning with your vision. Um, do you have any examples for us that you can share that aren't too awkward <laughs> about your business and what you've been able, how you've been able to do that? Just some, like even just a simple one. Like yeah. um, cutting you know, out even um, clients. I don't know if you've cut out clients for that reason. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, not cut out clients. I, I definitely look at, um, you know, cause it's the truth. It's real. It's real. It's the reality is, is that you'll have tough clients that you deal with. And I try to take those on, honestly, like if I'm in a bad situation, I, I try not to think how I can exit out of the situation. I try to take it on cause I, I want the adversity. Um, because it lets me know how to deal with it later on. And if I've gone through it, then I can, I I can, I can figure out, okay, whether it's not, it's going to be a good situation for you or not. But if it's a situation I've never been in before, you know, it's not harmful in any way, then I'll usually try to take it on. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've had to exit a lot of people in my life. Not, not like on a hard cut where like you are out of my life. It's just, you know, (laughs) now we're going to, now there goes drama. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to no, cut out the negative drama. people like and then drama. we're going to add some drama in this. Let's no, make some no, no. scene. Like, no, that's not what you mean. No. Right. Yeah. I, I go drama. I go the other way, but uh, right. I try to, 
yeah, you know, you just, you know, you cut ties a little bit or you just know that, okay, I'm not going to spend as much time with this person or, uh, so, but I wouldn't say specifically, that's just kind of like my general rule of thumb. You know, if I, if I know that a situation, um, or a person is not going to be good for me, I'll, I'll gravitate to the people that are going to be good for me. And I generally well, surround myself with good people. And I want to go back to your thing. I love what your response to cut, you know, do you cut, there's certain clients because there are certain clients. I'm like you, I don't like to cut out clients. There's certain clients that I hate to say have under circumstances been removed from my world and looking back, it was not a bad thing, but really more to your point, I love what you said about taking on tough clients, taking on adversity as realtors. If things aren't difficult, and this, and this, and it's supposed to be so easy. Then why are we valuable? Our problem, our job is to come in and solve problems. And even in dealing with difficult people and situations, some of my most difficult clients have taught me so much that I brought to my other clients that were so great. And making right. sure we harness those in a way that we cut the negativity out, even of clients that we might perceive as difficult. Into what's the opportunity in this? What am I learning from them? What am I learning about how to improve my business? What am I learning about setting expectations? What am I learning that I can carry forward? Again, I'm really repeating what you said, but I want to bring that home for everybody in your business and what you can do to grow it. Um, what is like? What has been your? And we've got to get into your videos, by the way, because they're awesome. Um, and this may bring it into it, but what's been your biggest, well, I'm going to start with something a little bit on the more negative side and then bring it out of that. But, you know, a lot of us, this business is full of mistakes. We all make mistakes. That's usually personally where my biggest lessons and successes I can really attribute to some of the biggest mistakes I've made in life in general. Do you have any story, whether it's life, business, whatever, one of the biggest lessons that you can bring to us? from your experience that you've applied to your business? Um, yeah, um, so I've, um, I've always been a person to, to, to kind of give, like it's just, like if you were to come over to my house, I'm like that person that likes to host. Um, and hey, you, can I get you another drink? Are you good there? Can, are you hungry? Do you want something? Do you want a blanket? Do you want you this? Sure you sure you're not hungry? You sure are I'm that person, right? And so you can give me the blanket. I'll even take a heating pad. Like you don't even want to know, but don't offer me food. Wine, I'm not hungry. Okay. Another drink. I mean, that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not personal. I love right? it. Yeah. And I've always wanted to give back. And I've not like, okay, I've got to give back. I, you know, I'm not that type of person, but I'm like, I've always just been generally giving. And when I got to a point where, um, where video came in, and if this is something that we could and like start to go in that direction, but video was something that I, I started doing like three years ago, just because of for family reasons. Um, so that would daughter. have been 2015, 16? Yeah, so like 2015, 2016. I mean, I was doing video in real estate a couple of years before that, but I had somebody else doing it for me. And so okay. just like them, they did it for me and you know, I marketed that. But I started making my own videos because you know, I had a, my first daughter came three years ago and it was just a way for me to document her life and everything, all of her firsts and stuff. And I started just creating family vlogs and they were terrible, but they were, you know, if I look back at them now, they have a sentimental, um, you know, sentimental thing to me. So like, that's, that's what I started doing. And then I started to realize that I, I got real curious about it 
like, how do you do this? How do you do that? How come I can't do this? And I started buying equipment and I started just going absolutely nuts on, on video. And um, I am a, an equipment, like I've got, if there's a new gadget that comes out, I'm like buying it, testing it out and We're seeing gonna get the Chris, Chris Klein, like, cause your videos are amazing. They're, you do them yourself. And they've got the, the you've got the graphics and you're moving your hands and you've got numbers flashing and quotes and stats and then you do these fast forward. I mean, you just and you keep it. You you start by being engaging and personable, and then you bring in the information, which is so clever. By the way, I love that. Thank but keep going with kind of where I I don't want to stop you and I already did, but keep give us more. Well, I mean, I just got super curious about it and I started. I, I also, in the same timeline, I, I was getting a little bit frustrated with the uh, people that I was working with in, in order to create the con like the videos that I was making professionally. And I was like, well, why can't I just do this on my own? And I started right. going off. In the, and don't get me wrong, in that small little stint, it wasn't good. Like all the stuff that I was putting out, it wasn't that great. But I, I, was, uh, right. I was in the hardest critique. Right. Yeah. And That's so... It was tough at first, but you know I got better at it and I got better at it, and um, and now I, I do them most mostly on my own. I have a person that shoots my my properties uh, because that's real time consuming. But I love to edit. Um, I'll put the edits together, um, the market updates, anything social that you see is pretty much I do, and I enjoy it. It's something that has become a, a, you know kind of a, an ordinary thing in my my career now. That's awesome. Well, another thing. Um his name is, I'm trying to remember, I think it's J.B. Glossinger. He has, I don't know if he still does it, but he has this little podcast and he talks to you for 15 minutes every morning to get your day going and get your mindset right. And he, he used to always say, to be good at anything, you have to be willing to suck at it first. So yeah. on these videos, they're amazing. They're awesome. And not just like doing the editing, but being on video and being comfortable. I remember my first podcast wasn't even on video and I was like sweating and breathing hard and just like, yeah, but it's just, you're just talking to people, but back to your videos, you, it's okay to suck because you kind of got to be willing to do that and put yourself out there to get in a place where you're better at it. So yeah. that being said, these videos have made you famous and they're making you more famous as they get better. And they're so, they're very, they're not only like, if I care about real, if you, I did some of these videos like five years ago or maybe six or seven when nobody was on YouTube and they were great. They helped take my, they were all about historic Brookhaven where I sell a lot of homes and I, I dominate the neighborhood and that's how it started. And it gave me, without the videos being very good, the edge of knowledge and being in the front, in front of it before everybody else was and people got to know me and whatever. But for you, how, how has that affected your business? Obviously it gets people's attention, but give us some examples of before and after the videos. So two ways. Um, so if I'm talking about from a consumer standpoint, I have to say that it's just made me the person that had stand out a little bit because nobody else in my marketplace is doing that. Um, at least not in, at least in my, not, not in my way. Um, there are there are agents that can take kind of the style that I have and give it to somebody, but at the same time, there's not a way for them to reproduce the personal aspect of it in terms of like. So it's me branded you. Yeah, it's branded me, and so that's what makes me that makes it unique to me. Mm. And and so I would say from a consumer standpoint, a lot of people started to see like, okay, this person 
at least this is the feedback that I got was that, okay, this person is different, whether they liked it or not different, but also what I understood was that people started to appreciate because it was something that was important to me. Like it was important for my business. It was important for me to be out there. Like obviously that stuff takes a lot of time and people started to appreciate the time that I was putting into that. And so I used to get, I used to never get anybody call me and say, Hey, I want you to come over and talk about listing my house, or I want you to come just list my house. And I would say in 2018, I got a lot of that. A lot Mm -hmm. of people just called me. And for so long, when you're in this business, you're chasing after everybody. You're like, you know, how can I help you here? What's going on here? And you're chasing buyers and sellers and all that stuff. And at a point it was nice to have people come to you and say, hey, I appreciate what you're doing and I'd like to talk to you about selling my house. That, that was eye-opening for me. And so as soon as I started to see some of those opportunities, I started to go full speed in that direction. Um, but also at the same time, since I was so, I was a couple of years in front of everybody and I was kind of that real estate person and then also that video person that was creating the stuff. I was a good mix of those two. Mm-hmm. And at people asking me that, that were trying to get into the business or trying to get into starting video, They wanted to know what that journey was like. And so for me, I had no problem sharing that equipment, techniques, um, struggles, all that stuff to help other people kind of just leapfrog over all the issues that I had. That helped me with also being recognized within my community, among my peers, and has also helped me, you know, obviously generate business, but create great relationships. There are tons of people that I, that I meet at like conferences now that I never, that I've never met in person. Like the two of us. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that I'll, that yeah. I'll establish relationships with yeah. and establish them over the Internet or over the phone or whatever. And I think that's amazing. Well, I love that because a few things, too, I, I want to add to that is that, well, I've got so much to say, so I'm taking notes. So going back, you talked about you started doing these videos and all of a sudden you were doing videos that were you know, the mind frame of a lot of us coming into this business and the way we're trained in this business, unfortunately, is to get business, you have to go after it. Now, don't get me wrong. I love going after business. I love going after things, but there's a way to do it. And the way to do it is not stalking people. If you ask me, I could be wrong. I don't know everything. The way you've done it is provide value, a really interesting video with really valuable information that has access to so so many people can see it. So it's really like you're positioning yourself it's kind of like the guy that goes in the bar and gives every woman a one-liner hoping he's going to pick up somebody. What are you going to, I mean, versus the other. I'm just going to leave it at that. Maybe that's a bad analogy. But anyway, and I will not ask Isaac to edit because it was still worthy. Isaac's laughing. But I say that also to say you're maximizing your strengths. In doing that, you love video. You love creativity. You're maximizing something you're already passionate about and applying it to your business and bringing more value. And in that value that you're bringing, I discovered in doing the same thing, I do it in other ways now, social media, these, these podcast interviews are huge for that, is you're preparing yourself while you're providing value. I remember Historic Brookhaven, I still do updates, but when I was doing the videos, which are, we're gonna have to talk later, I'm gonna have to get back on it, because I stopped doing them because I was like, those are so cheesy and they'll look so bad, and there's like nothing cute, and that brand is terrible, but your brand and the way you do it's awesome. So going into saying that, you show up for a listing presentation, you all, you, it's all here. For me, I was honed in on a neighborhood. 
So it was easy for people to think of me and refer me the way it has been for you. And I show up and I know the stats and the numbers so well because I've created a video on it. Like I didn't even have, it was like, I just show up and I can just, just have a conversation and I'm hired if I'm not already hired before I get there. And we, right. I would say you probably got the same benefit. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, being in the business, I would say just seven years, I'm not brand new. I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm a veteran. I'm just kind of, I feel like I'm just getting my feet wet to be honest. Way too humble, Chris, but that's all right. No, go ahead. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's just so much, yeah. there's so much competition out there. I mean, yeah. there's so many options out there and, you know, to be chosen amongst all of that, it's just an honor, but you know, you, you as a, as a business owner, you have to put yourself out there. And I feel like I need to do that in order to be successful at what I want to do. But at the same time, you also have to find a way that you have to enjoy it. And so, um, you know, there's some people that just don't enjoy being out there or don't have, don't want, because honestly, like with promotion, you have to deal with all the, the negative stuff that comes your way too. Yes, um, so true. There's a, there's a right way to promote yourself. There's a wrong way to promote yourself. And if you promote yourself in the wrong way, you have to, you have to be, you have to take the backlash. And so not everything is all fluffy and, you know, great and sparkly and everything. I've got to deal with some stuff too, but at the same time, the benefits outweigh all that. And so what could you, what could you tell? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you about promoting yourself, but before I did want to kind of reiterate to everybody also remember that you mentioned relationships with agents. We've had a lot of interviews where a lot, this, everybody, especially when you're not in this industry, you hear people talk about how it's so cutthroat, it's so competitive, which it is, it can be, but it's what you put into it. And uh, you know, the more successful the agent, the more on the podcast and just out there, you'll hear, and we hear agents talk about, you know, our clients come and go. We have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients. We, we represent our clients, but in representing them, there's always 90% of the time or more, there's an agent on the other end of that deal. The, the stronger your relationship is with that agent and the more positive it is, the more beneficial it is to our clients. The clients mm -hmm. do come and go. The top brokers in our business, they don't. So our relationships with them are just as important. And I always remind myself to remember to treat clients, not to treat, have the respect, back to respect, you said earlier, for our colleagues and our agents the same that we do for our clients. Um, you talked about you talked about you have to enjoy it. I love that. So you give us a little bit about I think that was really important and what you do. Did you kind of know that you were figuring out what you enjoyed or was it just an idea you had like, hey, maybe this will work. And then you decided you enjoyed it. Well, we had a conversation right before we came on where it was, um, you know, real estate is a, you know, once you think about the process, it's, it happens like, like this in a, in a timeline and then it repeats itself and then it goes that way. And it sometimes right. can get mundane and you need to figure out a way in order to make it um, exciting. And so for me, the way I found, I found excitement was through promotion and marketing and video and as soon as I started to figure that out, I got excited about something. And once you're excited about something, it's a lot different than just going through the regular old habits and just the mundane. Well, and you're uh, creative and smart and you're applying that and who you are and branding yourself and you're going even bigger places with it and better places with it. You made a comment earlier about there is a right way to promote yourself and a wrong way. What would you, what could you tell us about the difference and maybe a couple of tips or lessons or examples? Yeah. So, um, 
when I started to get some traction with video, I um, was creating stuff that was unique to me, stuff that I enjoyed, that was my personality. And I was all about that. I was like, it's original, it's me, it's unique. I'm just going to go with this. And if people love it, they love it. For the people that don't, that, that don't, they're not, right? But then I started to figure out like where I want my goals to go. And obviously everybody wants to go in that, well, I wouldn't say everybody, but everybody wants to go in that luxury, right? Go in the higher price points. And a lot and of people aspire to that. A lot of people aspire to that. Um, but you also, your, your video and your branding needs to relate to the people that you're going after or that you want to serve. And so um, I started to think about that in different ways. And I started to get some feedback from agents who were in different price points. And, um, you know, you listen to that and you're like, okay, great. And then you turn it away, but some of it stuck. And I started to understand like, okay, well, maybe I, I need to change the way I do things a little bit in order to reach the people or at least speak to the people that I want to go after. And I think your branding needs to communicate that, whatever That's that awesome. is. Yeah, they, it's, 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 it's easy to focus on ourselves and what we want and what we're about. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for the client. Like we need to enjoy it. We need to understand ourselves. We need to be our best selves. But in doing that, what's the client experience? Who does this need to appeal to? Always focus on everything. Start with the, I don't know, but you start with the client experience or client perception first as you apply these strings. Right. So, so tell us, I want to start kind of wrapping this up. Um, with our three, I always have my three fun final questions. What the first one is going to, or is, what have you found is the most, which I've already got some ideas for you again. Some, I, I can just imagine guests are like, really, Jerry, did you ask him that? Like he does videos. We already know the answer, but we, I, we just want to make sure. What is your, what have you found your most powerful tool in being a successful real estate agent? And that's not your cell phone. Video might be an example, or you may have something specific about video or a CRM or whatever, or your, the habits that you have every day or whatever that might be. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's video. I think the video is the, um, the vehicle, um, but I think the driving force would be just figure out what my strengths are um, and my strengths are like, it could, I could say, cause some people could say, oh, he has a lot of strength in video. That could be it. But for me, it's more of that giving, um, attitude. And when I started to give back, um, to people or give to people, it was just easy for me to, to see a lot of benefit come from that. And I don't do it because of that. I, I don't understand the equation and then know that that's the, that's the answer and that that's the way to get there. It's just that I do that in that way and it just produces those results for me. It's almost and decisions so, on a gut level. Well, yeah. you, you mentioned when you give, you know, I give a workshop to agents. I'm working on a workshop that we're gonna, I'm going to give to everybody that listens to this show. But in that, the, in that, in doing that, I was giving all my secrets to why I was successful. And I was like, why am I doing this? Like, am I crazy? Like, I'm telling everybody how I did it. And it just poured back. And it sounds like I didn't do it for that, but that was the end result anyway. It's like what I put out there literally yeah. came pouring back to me, despite that it seemed so counterintuitive to me at the time. It just was a calling in my gut and who I was, and I did it. Does that, is that kind of the same no, way so you do things? That, I, I actually I mean, giving everybody your tool, yeah. 
Well, I looked at it from a larger perspective. And so that, that stage that you were just in was for me stage one. And if I look right. at it as a progression of like multiple stages, understanding, okay, in, in stage one, you understand like, okay, trying to give back and things will actually happen and benefit you in the right. long run. But also for me, the next, the next development for me was, all right, what happens after that? Now that all my secrets are out, where does that actually put me? Does that put me out right. of business? Or does that put me in a situation where I need to figure out how to get to the next stage? And so for me, I started to understand like, okay, as long as I start to give back, everybody will start to, not everybody, but there are certain people that incorporate that and you'll start to see that. And then all of a sudden, great, I need to start to evolve a little bit. And how do I get to that next stage? And so for me, that kind of pushed me in the right direction. Um, I would say last year, I'm, I'm big in the Tom Ferry organization. Um, not, to, not so much that I have a big name in there, but I'm all in that coaching uh, yeah. ecosystem. And so uh, last year, I had an opportunity to, to speak about video um, to a lot of agents. And um, well, I, I mean, gave that's a lot huge. of... I mean, it was... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what it was going to be. It was just me getting along, like, trying to get with like 20 or 30 other agents it came out to be like 300 or 350. And then I had to speak at like a conference of his. So it was a little awesome. unexpected. It was that, that was something that I wasn't expecting at all. But a lot of people took what I had and started to do it throughout the 2018. And I started to look at it and go, wow, a lot of people are doing some amazing stuff. But that also got me to push me in the direction of going, okay, what do I need to do in order to be one step ahead of that or two steps ahead of that? Exactly. Um, so, yeah. That's so awesome. That's been fun. Well, that's what it does. That's exactly what it does. From you know, in my, it, it gave me opportunities, but also it also makes you go, okay, wait, I could really. You're kind of teaching yourself when you're teaching others what the best teachers learning when they teach. But you remind me of a book, which leads me to my next question. But I'm going to ask you this first. Have you ever heard of the book, The Code of an Extraordinary Mind? I know. <laughs> you would love it. It's written by Vishen Lakiani, but it talks about stages of consciousness. And it it's, it's a great kind of like self-help. It's also a great business book. He's a businessman, but he, and a lot of business people read it, but it talks about like, there's the first stage of consciousness and it's like 12, I forget the steps, but it's 12 steps. And the first stage is that, the first stage is that, you, you know, people tell you to wake up and go to school and get married and live life. And these are the rules and you just need to abide by them and you'll be fine. And most people are like, okay, cool, got it. That's what I'm going to do. And then the next one is like a Steve Jobs where you're like, no, this is how I want it to be. Or like a realtor. <laughs> This is how, even though there's a lot of difference between a lot of realtors and Steve, but y'all get the idea. This is how I want it to be. And you kind of bend the world a little bit to you. And then there's the next stage where you're like, okay, I'm a big, I'm a piece of the bigger picture. And there may be bigger things for me than what I might even be thinking of and aligning with that. And then there's the next stage of Gandhi, Buddha, Jesus of like this higher level of consciousness that most of us never, ever hit. But you, just what you said, you made me think of that book. I think you would love it. So I had to mention it. Now, my book and Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. Had to put it out there. Have you ever listened to, do you know Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference? I've heard of him before. I have not heard of that. I have not read the book. Well, we are going to talk about that later because we're not even touching on negotiating today. But great relation in relationships. We talked about that. Best relationship book ever, but it's about negotiating. That's Jerry Metcalf's favorite book because I can't ever resist. I feel like if everybody in the world would read and understand that book, it would be a better place. The world really would. But besides that, what is your book that you most highly recommend? Uh, like a particular book? 
Like what has impacted your business or life the most or that you would hope that if you had to leave us knowing there's one book we have to read on whatever level, what is that book? (laughs) And if you're like, Jerry, there's not one I don't read. Wrong person. So I, I, that's cool. Yeah. I am totally different than a lot of people. I go, I meet a lot of people and like, Hey, you should really read this book. And I'm thinking I really need to get that in audio and or video. And so I consume I consume with these and these a lot better than I do with like actual reading a, a physical book. Well, you and I, when I say I read a book, I listened to it on audibles in between appointments. Okay. <laughs> I read okay. Never Split the Difference five times in my car on audibles. So I'm okay. with you. But what is something like that? It could even be a speaker that you feel has made an impact on the way you do things and the way you do business and or live life. Yeah, I mean, so I pull stuff from a lot of different places. And, um, you know, when it comes to marketing, there are certain people that I'll listen to and I wouldn't listen to other people in terms of marketing. There are certain people that I'll talk to about business development. Um, I think the book is that, um, you know, or the overlining headline would be is to never stop learning and to be humble enough to always know that you're not the the best in the, in the room. I think that's important. Um and so I, I try not to go in, in a certain direction. I, I do get a lot of people that come to me and say, hey, I love your videos. I never let, I never let that try to get to me um, because I'm always thinking I'm not that great at videos. I, I always want to get better. And there's people that inspire me. I think there's just so much creativity out there. And I think there's a lot of people that do amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And that if you start to think that you're on the top and you're the number one, and you're, 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 you're just on a path for, for destruction. So. I definitely think you just need to be humble and you need to learn. Um, you're never the smartest person or the best in the room. And I think that's something that I always live by. So now I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can force this on you. So you said there's some people that you would say business development. There's some people that you would take great tips from different parts of business. Is there anybody you want to share with us? Yeah. So um, uh, in, in terms of marketing, like farming is, uh, I've got to say in terms of my business, farming has been one of the things that has been very productive for me in 2018. And so geographical farming, um, kind of in the area that I work and live in. Um, and the person that really kind of jump started that for me was um, a lot of people know him, uh, Gary Vee. I saw him in uh, San Francisco. At Are you Canada. kidding? I yeah. love Gary Vee. Gary Vee's great, yeah. And I just oh saw him too, like a few months ago. He was here in LA and yeah. it was great. But um, he had given his first speech about being the digital mayor of your town. And I have that. It's on my YouTube, buried, buried all the way at the bottom. But it's it was eye-opening because he started to talk about things like you just need to be the digital mayor. And that was just, that hit home for me. And I understood that. I love that. So, so give us a little, like for everybody listening and for me, elaborate on what kind of define the digital mirror for us. Well, for me, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a techie kind of person. I like social media. I love technology and all that good stuff. And then, you know, being the mayor of your town is somebody, you know, you're responsible for things that happen in your city. And so for what I was trying to figure out, like if I wanted to do geographical farming or not, that was like, boom, that was perfect for me. Cause then it was, I was starting video. I was big into social media and I was like, I have the tools in front of me. I just need to go out and do it. And, you know, I, I have, I have some good friends here, good agents that I know, and they were really focused on being everywhere. Exactly. And I think being everywhere is, is key in order to, to develop at least that geographical farm. 
And exactly. so when people started to come into my open houses and say, man, you're everywhere. That was like, that was a home run for me. And yeah. I want to be everywhere. And so uh, whether they use me or not, you know, at least be out there and have be an option for people. So you've but got a you, you've got a YouTube video on your YouTube page of the Gary V Digital Mirror, or what is it? The YouTube video that you've yeah, got? yeah, you, I just I recorded it from my phone. It's super, it's super like you know, um, the quality is not that great, but the message is there, and he talks about how you can be a digital mayor of the town and why you should be, and you know, it talks about all the different nuances of of why that's important. And so check, check that out. Um, I don't, I think he may be giving that speech a couple of times in a couple of different areas, but yeah. that was, yeah. I love Gary Vee. So I read yeah. all three, uh, he's written three or four, but I've read at least three of his books oh, on Audible. His books are great. Yeah. On Audibles. I love, did yeah. you listen on Audibles? <laughs> Yeah, because that you know he reads, he's reading it, and then he ad libs. He's like, "Well, guys, I just want you to know, like, what I really meant by that was," and he'll just go off, and then I'll get yeah. back to reading. And I love that guy. Say, and it's great so that he awesome. actually he actually does the audible, right? He actually he's the one. Yeah, that's it's him. It's him reading it, and he's ad libbing his own book. Like, I just yeah. gotta add one thing to this, or like at the time that I wrote this, this is what's going on, and this. I mean, it's so much fun. And then yeah. he has this thing about how we ruined email with marketing and we're going to ruin social media. <laughs> Fortunately, that prediction's not, he, that prediction hasn't come true yet. Um, I don't think it has, but you, you disagree or. Well, I mean, there's, there's, if you look back at just him specifically, he thought Snapchat was going to blow up and it didn't. Right. Or at least, at least it hasn't yeah. yet. Right. Yeah. So, and he didn't know that Instagram stories was going to come out. He didn't know that YouTube was going to come out with stories or Facebook was going to come out with stories. So I guess he didn't see the evolution of some of the other platforms, but there, yeah. I wouldn't say he's a hundred percent right on everything, but he is right on a lot of stuff. At least eye opening enough. He's and, got great uh, perspective. Yeah. He does. He really does. No, he's, I love listening to him. I love his, have you seen his motivation Monday? Everybody listen to his motivation Monday. Just leave it at that. <laughs> Fuck you Monday. Just, <laughs> I can't resist. This is not the radio, it's a podcast, so we can do that. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then the last thing I want to ask you is if, if there's one thing that we can take away from this interview, tell us what would that be? Um, so, again, going back to him, right? His, he talks a lot about work life balance. And mm -hmm. if you actually take that concept and apply it to whatever life, you have and problems and, you know, good things that are happening. I think the balance is important to have. Um, so if you can find balance in your schedule, like even in the most mm -hmm. minute things, like if it's your morning schedule in terms of just waking up, like, do you make the bed? Do you not make the bed? When do you brush your teeth? When do you take a shower? How do you get dressed? I think when you can make it, it's just as small as that. And then amplify that over the course of like your day you'll start to understand what balance really is and finding that equilibrium because once your once your equilibrium is all knocked off that's when things start to get real chaotic at least that's how it works for me and so um you know if i have a really tough day i'll go and spend two hours making video because that's something that i enjoy and it could be like two hours that i could be sleeping but it's something that i enjoy and at least i can go to bed feeling like i've accomplished something or at least i'm actually at that that flat line which is where i want to be so I don't want to get too high. I don't want to get too low. Just want to be somewhere in the middle. That's awesome. That's a great lesson and a great analogy. Because I think excellence is people always think I have to work hard. And there's a, what is that? The, um, 
the bell curve of diminishing return with effort. Like there's this paradigm that the harder I try, the better I'm going to do. And then there comes a point where that goes down. Have you read the book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? That book I have, yes, I have read. I have do you have read that his copy. blog? What is his name, no, by the way? I don't have Mark? it here. I have it. I have it. Though. Is it Mark Manson or what's his name, Isaac? Do you know? Uh, so he'll look it up. So he's got a blog about, is it the Navy SEALs where they drop you in water? Have you read that blog? Mark right. Manson. Yeah. Mark Manson. Mark Manson, okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like that, have you read it though? The blog about the Navy SEALs and- I haven't read the blog, but I've read, I mean, I've read the book. Um, and I, I think there's a story in there. I haven't read it in a couple of years, but I remember awesome. it's in a you can't miss it. It's that orange and with black. Oh yeah. Lettering in front. Oh yeah. I mean, the book's awesome. It. I've got it in my. I don't have many printed books, but I have the hard. I have that one. Never split the difference. I keep giving that one away, so I keep having to order another one. When people walk <laughs> in, I'm like, take this with you. Just take it with you. Read it five times, like I did. But um, but he's got one of his blogs I've read talks about in the Navy SEALs. You know, they dump, they, they drop these, they bind these guys and tie them up and drop them in a nine foot pool of water. And the key, and it's to your lesson and your point, the key to survival instinct and in nature is to try harder to get out. But there's the diminishing return with effort, especially as it applies to that. And the guys that survive it are the ones that just get centered, go all the way down and use what they've got, which is gravity, use what's going against them in their favor. And they hit the bottom and come up and breathe. And they just, for five minutes, they just do that until the time's up. Is it because there's nothing else that you can do to, to, you know, to get through. So right. it makes me think of that example. But everybody listening to this, we're not going to edit all this out because I think it's cool that everybody knows about the book and listens. But that last thing that you said about life, I mean, like, what a great finishing point. That was awesome, awesome mm -hmm. statement about business and great lesson for all of us. Chris, thank you for your time and for sharing all this with us.